0: Welcome to Amplify Awesome, a podcast where we amplify ordinary people, businesses, and organizations doing extraordinarily awesome things in the community. My name is Josh Bach, co-founder of Amplify Podcast Network. Before you get started with this podcast today, we want to ask the question, if you know of anyone, whether they're a for-profit or a nonprofit business that's looking for podcasts, we have packages available. And for nonprofits, we offer a 25% discount. Go to Amplify Podcast Network com or for email email josh josh at amplifyindie.com spread the word thank you for listening to this podcast
1: hello my name is ann madison and i am the founder and director of peace restored with me today i have janae devrick who has been a part of peace restored for a little bit over a year but before we delve into the details of Peace Restored, I would like to share with all of you who are listening today a little bit about why I do what I do. So as a young child, I experienced trauma and sexual abuse, which sent me on a trajectory for the next several decades. I struggled with issues of my worth and value, leading me into a spiraling descent of depression. And the depths of my pain is when the realization of mental health needs became apparent, especially for women. In my mid-30s, I returned to school to pursue a degree in psychology. Through my own healing and professional training, I began to see the vast need for women, especially in our communities, to have a place to walk out their pain, to find hope, to find healing, and just a place to be able to speak out what they've been through. After not being able to find such a place, I set out to design it on my own. So through my own pain, God birthed a beautiful story of redemption, hope and growth. A little bit about Peace Restored, and I'm sure Janae will interject a little bit here as we start talking. Peace Restored is a non-for-profit organization that exists to help women that have been through various difficult life experiences by providing counseling services, support groups, and educational classes. One of the things that's unique about us is everything we do is donation-based, which means, one, women don't have to qualify for our services. Um, by by giving up what they make income wise, but what we do is we say we recognize that there is a cost to services and mental health, and so we want them to be able to m- we want to be able to meet them where they're at, and they get to pay what they can, and then we fundraise throughout the year to to meet and to fill that gap and serv- to fill that gap in revenue. We have uh, been around since 2015, and in that time we have worked with about 350 women. We are located in Mooresville. Even though we're in Mooresville, we have worked with women throughout nine different counties in Indiana. Part of what we do, like I said, is just to really connect with women, helping them to share their story, but also not just to share their story, but to be able to walk through that. And often because of the way that we interact with women, the women that end up working with us at Peace Restored often, not always, but often have their own story that they walk through. So at this time, I want to introduce Janae Deverick to you, and she'll um, kind of take over and share a little bit with you about herself. So, Janae, thanks for being here with me today.
2: Yes, thanks, Anne, for having me. Before I get into my story, real quick, first, um, I want to say you mentioned that we are a donation based counseling services and classes and such. It's important to recognize that mental health issues do not discriminate. When we have plenty of money, we can still have that issue. When mm-hmm. we have zero money, we can still have that issue. Absolutely, It does not um, matter where you are financially on whether you have um, mental health issues mm-hmm. or any kind of trauma um, abuse, uh, domestic violence; those things don't discriminate. Yeah, absolutely. So that is one of the reasons why um, we accept people all across the board. Mm-hmm. If even if you if you have nothing to pay, and if you have lots to pay, and everything in between. So, and that's one of the things that really grabbed my heart when when I became involved with Peace Restored. So I became involved with Peace Restored um, in February of 2020. Um, it really was a God sent decision. I worked in pharmacy for eight years. I was a level four pharmacy technician. um, And I left my pharmacy job two weeks before COVID lockdown hit. Mm -hmm. And I had been searching, searching, searching for a place for me to live not compartmentalized, if that can make sense. I wanted my life to be who I was on the inside. So I didn't want to have a job, you know, that was this box over here. I was a pharmacy technician and then have my home life over here where I was a mom and then have my church life over here where I felt like I needed to um, work on a ministry. I wanted my life to be Um, all together and not have um, compartmentalized boxes. Mm -hmm. So that was my drive to want to look for something like Peace Restored. So it almost sounds like you kind of wanted all those things to intersect. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, because otherwise, you know, um, part of my story is that I have grown up in childhood sexual abuse. I have um, grown up with alcoholic parents. And um, it was really important for me as I was going through my counseling and reconciling all the things that happened to me as a child, that um, I found who I really was, Mm -hmm. you know, because those kind of things can change you as those women that we meet, they know you don't feel like yourself. So it was really important to me to be able to bring who I really was to the, to my present
1: life. And I think that's a good point to point out with what we do at Peace Restored is I think that's one of the things that do make us unique as an organization. Not only do we provide all the services that we do, but because many of us have been through our own story, we can connect with women on a deeper level and in a unique way that other places may not be able to, because we can understand that trauma of what it is to go through either a sexual abuse or traumas or what that means to you in a long-term fashion that... If you've just had maybe um, someone who's working with you from a purely um, academic standpoint may not have that to be able to kind of meld together.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are instances where if you were, you know, working with someone on a purely academic level, they're going to have this kind of process. They'll have this kind of therapeutic process for you to do. And those are great. And I I do think they Mm -hmm. work. Absolutely. Um, But there comes a time where someone just has to kind of sit next to you. And you have to be there and just hold them while they cry, right? You know why they they are angry. You know, yeah. crying isn't always the way it comes out. For me, mm-hmm. it was anger, mm-hmm. lots and lots of anger.
1: Yeah, and so, sometimes it takes a long time for us to process through that. It's not this quick, five or six sessions or five or six weeks. And that's what we want to do, like you're indicating through mm-hmm. Peace Restored, is making sure we're with them. Through the long haul, Yes. you how never, regardless of how long it takes, if it's a year, or two years, or longer, we want to walk through them with them through that entire journey,
2: right? And for example, for me, I have been in um, counseling for over three years. Mm-hmm. Um, it hit, it took thirty five years <laughs> for me to face it, yeah, you know, and so that is kind of the long haul of how. Um, that can pan out in people's lives, you know, Mm -hmm. we can't, that's why we want to catch it when, right when things happen. Um, But that isn't reality in a lot of times. Um, It isn't reality in our communities um, that we are helping. And it Mm -hmm. isn't a reality in the women's lives that we are helping.
1: absolutely. I think that's another good point that you had, Janae, is that Many a times the traumas that we experience as kids, we do hold on to it for a very long time. Just like yourself, you said 35 years. I was about the same. I was in my mid-30s before I was able to even articulate the words childhood sexual abuse. Those were just saying those words were like sand coming out of my mouth. And I had to get to a place to where I could get to counseling and be able to talk to someone and to be able to have a safe place to process it out. But I think we both recognize that as we were going through that those places are far and few between in Indiana. There's they not that many, not just in Indiana, I think even in our country. And it's really kind of shocking to think about how far and few it, between it is to find a place that really can focus on those deeper issues of trauma and abuse.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, especially when you think about if you do find a place, whether I haven't been a whole bunch outside of the Midwest, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's like this on either coast, but a lot of the places that you do find are kind of institutionalized in a little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They are sort of cold when you walk in. Um, they aren't homey. They aren't comfortable. Mm-hmm. And while all of the counselors that you meet are very well academically trained, they haven't been through those experiences, mm-hmm. and so they're relating lacks, and yeah. and so that is that is part of what we bring at Peace mm-hmm. Restored. You know, I am not a counselor at Peace Restored. You are.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I am in the front office, so um, I am often the first contact mm-hmm. that we have with anyone who comes to um, take part at Peace Restored, whether it be through counseling or mm-hmm. educational classes or support groups. So I come across some very difficult. Mm -hmm. situations, you know, and it takes someone who has a soft heart to be able to um, gently take care of those people until we can get them into Mm -hmm. an appointment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because we, one of the things I think we strive really hard to do is, like you were saying, we don't want our environment to be a clinically feeling environment. We want them to come in and feel like they're at home, feel like it's a safe place. Because like we're indicating, many of the women that we work with, home has not been a place of safety for them. Home has not represented safety. And so we want to start changing kind of that paradigm and the way that they think is that home is and can be a place of safety, a place that they can just relax. And that's what many times our clients will say when they're in our offices is, wow, I just feel so at peace here. I feel relaxed. I feel safe. I feel comfortable. You guys are so welcoming. And we try to invite them in to not just our space, but hopefully allow us to be a part of their story, which we say often again at our organization is that it is a high privilege to be invited into someone's story because we don't have the right to hear their story. It's a privilege to be invited into that story and to be trusted with those intimate pieces of their journey. So yes, it's, yeah.
2: yeah, absolutely. The stories are they're honored. They're you know to to be able to be a part of somebody's story to hear somebody's story takes a lot of humble humbleness and to be able to understand that what they're telling you is something that they haven't been able to tell you know, yeah. the majority of other people. Right. And to be able to be brought into that story is, um, is something that is really special that we're able to do. And we want to continue to do that um, for many women across, mm-hmm. not just Indiana, but across the Midwest as well. And we mm-hmm. um, actually have some women who are and we have one in France, I believe.
1: Yes. You know, so we, our outreach is huge. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing to look at the things that God's done through Peace Restored and the doors that he's open. Because when you look at us from a, just a very practical outside, looking at our organization, our building, you'd be like, wow, you know, how can they do very much? But because we have been very diligent and very intentional with our work, we've been able to, like you say, have expanse across not only Indiana, but the US and throughout the world. I think we've worked with women in France, Uganda, Fiji, and Canada. And then we've also had a five different states in the US. And then we've had, like I said, nine different counties in Indiana so far. So it's people are desperately needing. To find that safe place for hope and healing, and that's what they're finding with us time and time again, where they can just come and sit with us, share their story, walk through that, and then we give them those, we give them the tools to help them process through that, which is huge for them in their healing journey.
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely, I would totally agree with that. It it is amazing the outreach that we have mm-hmm. for the small. Um, Staff and the small location that we have, um, even though we would love to grow those things. And so that is something that also I think needs to be said. It's really important to realize that these things don't happen without the help of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes um, a lot of people behind us, people believing on us Mm -hmm. to be able to do the outreach that we do in our communities. I think it's also really important to recognize that these women that we help are, they're the souls of their family, you know, and so we're not just helping women. We are helping households. We are helping Mm -hmm. families. They are the heart, they are the soul, and when mom is having an issue or wife is having an issue, the whole family suffers. I mean, mm-hmm. I experienced that personally in, in my house when um, I was going through my hard time before I decided to go to counseling and I also decided to go back to school. So that's part of my healing yeah. journey. But it was really hard for my children to watch me go through just the pain mm-hmm. of, of the stuff that I was facing and the neglect that they felt because I was not paying attention to them. When you have gone through stuff like this, and I I know many of our women feel this way as well, they feel they are worthless. Mm -hmm. They feel that they are insignificant. They feel that people would be better off without them. That is one of the most common things that, you know, women will say when they leave their children or don't want to be with their children. They just feel like that they are bringing their kids down. Mm -hmm. And that isn't the truth. You know, it's just we have some healing we need to do in our heart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So many a times we do feel we've been through some type of trauma that, like you said, we are, the world would be better without us. I know I walked through that for a period of time myself where I just, I just thought it would be better for me just to end my life, that it would be better for me not to be present in this world because my pain was just so big. It felt like I was a bother or that I was in the way. And like you said, it's we try to help shift that with people and help them to realize that just because you think something doesn't make it true, we want them to be able to um, process through and focus on what is really true about themselves. Because if we get them to focus on what is true, then they become a new person and they can live in that truth instead of their pain, which is such a huge shift for people who have been through these issues that we work with, the trauma, the abuse, and the grief, because those can be long lasting things Life that they just changing. Hold it. Oh, it is. Life
2: changing Absolutely. for them and their whole families. Mm-hmm. Some of the stats we have here, women are two times more likely than men to develop depression. Yeah. You know, and twenty five percent of women will experience a sexual assault.
1: Yeah. Think about that. Well, and I'd say on that twenty five percent, the thing that I think we need to point out is that's of reported mm-hmm. cases. And so what, they, what statistically we believe is that it's probably closer to 50% of women because so many women do not report um, that abuse, whether it was as a child or even as an adult. And most cases of abuse will happen before the age of 18.
2: And so if you have, in my case, I have four, four children, I have three daughters. That means percentage-wise, one of my my. Daughters will experience sexual assault sometime in their life, likely before the age of eighteen. Mm-hmm. You know, and when we look at it like that, we can understand how even if you aren't suffering from mental illness or um, mental health issues, how uh, peace restored is still something for you to be involved in. Forty-six percent choose counseling based on affordability. Yeah, forty-six yeah. percent. and so that often means that they choose nothing. Yeah, because they can't afford anything. One of the biggest issues, I think, with the, with the mental health issues, especially in, in our country at this time, is that you have insurance, right? You pay for your premium of your insurance, um, but then you have a deductible. And so when you make an appointment at a counselor's office, you have to fulfill that deductible. So now you're paying full price for your counselor, and you're paying your premium every month, mm-hmm. and it makes it unaffordable, You know, so while we might not process through insurance, we are actually making it even cheaper for anyone who say that you can afford Uh insurance and you are able to go out and do that. This is still going to be more affordable for you to um, to do that. And 28 percent go to counseling due to a traumatic event. Um, So we both I don't have been through traumatic events. Um, a lot of our women who have been, who are a part of Peace Restored have been through traumatic events. Some of those um, are connected to grief. Do mm-hmm. we, I think we have some a story about yep. a woman who has a traumatic event
1: mm-hmm. um, connected to her grief. We do. So one of the ladies that we worked with, she not only had a grief experience, but her grief intertwined with the trauma for her. So she um, had experienced, uh, several years before we met her, her son had been killed in an automobile accident. And for her, that event caused her to become very bitter and very angry. She held on to that for so long, and it became so overpowering for her that she ended up becoming homeless. And so you can imagine the trajectory that that kind of took her on over time. When we met with her, she really just didn't have the tools or even really for herself the permission to say some of the things she felt out loud and to be able to feel the things that she felt. And we really helped walk her through a process of saying, you know, it's okay to feel the things you feel, but here's how we're going to process through that and here's what we're going to do with that. And she later wrote us and said that she was just so thankful. I think her her words were, she can now say that, she was able to then be able to get to a place to where she could actually say her son's name out loud again, which for her was such a huge thing because for so long she wouldn't be able to even articulate his name because it was just too painful for her. She would just feel as if um, because she couldn't speak his name that she had forgotten him or that maybe he wasn't loved or all those things. And so she just was able to get to a place to where she could talk about them again and she didn't feel that anger bitterness and all that fear coming to begin, And it just released so much within her so it was just a really sweet time with her even though it was we met her at a really hard place through that grief and that trauma for her so being able to just walk with these women and just to see the change from watching them when they come in the door to who they are when they leave and how it just provides such a amount of freedom for them it's just amazing.
2: It's amazing what it does for us, too. Yeah. You know, because it, this is a ministry for women,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it, somehow it helped us, too.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. You yeah. know,
2: and we see ourselves in them, mm-hmm. and uh, we hurt with them. Mm-hmm. We, we sp- um, have joys with them. We have sadness with them, and walking them through that journey has been quite an honor for us. Yeah. And we also have another story, a couple other stories. And which one would you like to?
1: Well, why don't we talk about the, even though this is a grief story as well. And it also encompasses trauma. But I think let's do the next one on the grief and the trauma. Okay. Just because then we can talk about, and then maybe you can talk about how her story intertwines with Peace Restored. Okay. So I'll, I'll share a little bit about her story. So, The lady that we're going to talk about next is she um, had been a widow for many years. So let me back up, though, before I start talking about that is I mentioned briefly that we work with really three main areas of mental health, which is the abuse, trauma and grief. And under that grief kind of component, if you will, one of the arms or one of the programs that we do in there is what we call a young widows club. And that group is for women right now. In that group, we are youngest widow is in their twenties and it good. And they go up from there. We don't really set a top cap on it. We just say young because the young is our focus. What most people don't realize about widows, um, statistically, according to the U S census bureau, um, the average age for widowhood is 55.
2: Yeah. So it's a whole lot younger than anyone would think, mm-hmm. you know, and, I think that some people listening here might think, oh, um, widowhood is something that um, I know of, but it's nothing that yeah. I've experienced or that anyone that I know of has experienced. But if you um, start thinking about it and maybe talking about it with a friend or so, you're going to realize that you have widows all around you.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think widowhood is one of those things that are kind of swept under the rug, if you will. It's like I think there's this silent... Message, if you will, that because they're young, they're going to be okay. They get remarried and all the things, right? But that's not gen- always how that story goes. And um, even
2: if they do get remarried, shouldn't we process the grief that we've absolutely. lost? Absolutely,
1: Yeah, right. And so you're right. So just because you get remarried doesn't take away what was or what is. Right. And so we still need to give them a place to process through that. And I think we as a culture or society, we have to be better about coming around the women and supporting them. Because often when women are widowed at a young age, they have children still at home with them. And being a single mom is hard, but being a single mom that has helped not only processing through the death of their spouse, but then processing helping their children process through that. And I will tell you, that many of the women who are widowed at a young age are either a crisis or a trauma moment. So, you know, kind of put all that together in your mind and think about that. It's not, and I don't want to say this to minimize it or to, um, for anybody else, but it's not just a death. And I don't mean, like I'm, I'm saying, I'm not trying to minimize death because death is hard. But to say that you compound all those things with it, it just has those different, those more layers and layers and layers that you add to that grief component, complicates it. Yeah. And so, um, so when we talk about widowhood, I just want to kind of give that perspective because I think I know from myself even before um, we as an organization started working with widows, my perspective as a widow was an 80 or 85-year-old woman.
2: Mine too. Mine too. You know, I, in church, you don't yeah. often hear of widows who are young, um, until, like I said, you start thinking about it. it. Right after I started getting involved with Peace Restored, unfortunately, widows, young widows, started just kind of finding their way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's it's just a whole lot more prevalent than
1: we think. So yeah, it is. So I'll go ahead and tell you the story now of the this gal that we know. We met up with her five years into her widowhood journey. She had a daughter at the time when her husband passed away who was nine years old and um, he unfortunately uh, passed away in a workplace accident. He worked um, as a diesel uh, he had a diesel business and um, there was a, an accident there. He was not he didn't make it home to w- home from work that evening and so they went to go check on him and they found him um, at work passed away already. And uh, so you can imagine that that, just through them into a trajectory that was
2: I mean I can just hear the heaviness in your voice as you tell the story so you can just imagine living through it yeah. so um, this particular person she Started getting involved with Peace Restored, um, like you said, five years after her that event where she lost her husband. And she wanted to put together bags
1: yeah.
2: um, for widows of um, books that are encouraging yeah. and, and just various things that could help. And that also ventured out to bags for the children who were yeah. part of those widows. And that started um, a really great relationship yeah. between Peace Restored and, and this w- wonderful lady. Um, and so through all of the things that she has been through, she is now our Young Widows Club coordinator. Yeah. And she is, she is such a calming presence to be around. She is. Um, she has a beautiful smile,
1: and mm-hmm. I love being around her. Yeah. So, so when we first met—so her name is Angela— um, it'd be easy for anybody to find her name. She's on our website, right? <laughs> but, and she shared her story publicly. So it's not like we're sharing something that she wouldn't be okay with us talking about. When we first met, she said, I have this idea. I want to give these widow bags out like you were saying. And she just said, well, I think it'd be a little weird if I just showed up at the funeral home and like, hi, I'm Angela. Here's a bag. You know, <laughs> she's like that. Probably wouldn't be the right time. So we're like, so we brainstormed a while trying to figure out how we would do this and what how we'd, and so we came up with the idea of that Widows Club, and we figured that would be a good catalyst or a good opportunity for us to be able to meet the ladies and build at least give them this tool that we wanted to give them with resources in it. Well, ended up happening over the over time because is it ended up morphing into way more than what we could imagine. So we started out with just wanting to give them this kind of care package, like you said, one for the moms and one for the kids, because. Kids are often the ones who are forgotten after the funeral. Not that people don't know that they're there, but the focus is on the mom. And sometimes rightfully so, right, because mom is the one dealing with everything. But we wanted to make sure the kids remember that they weren't forgotten. And so that's why we developed a bag for the kids as well. But then we started having these widows, um, we call them the Young Widows Club. Um, And so we'd have a monthly meeting where we talk about a top. we have a topic-driven focus for that evening, and we do that once a month. And then quickly, within the next year, we ended up doing a Christmas dinner and a Thanksgiving dinner for them, or Christmas party and Thanksgiving dinner. And that was just a really neat time for them because, one, they're the ones that are doing everything now. They don't have that support, that partner anymore. And so we started bringing that on. Then the following year, we brought on a retreat. And it's just continued to grow and grow. And here recently, we started a second um, meeting each month. So we have a fellowship night and then a topic-driven night and this group went from being, when we started the group, it was a group of myself, Angela, and one other gal. We now have over 30 women. I think we're, we're quickly approaching 35 in that group that come on a regular basis. And people come from all over the place because, again, there's no place that does this program. We are the only ones that do a young widows group. And so it's just an exciting thing to be able to watch these women grow and come. And they end up becoming this tight-knit group that just love on each other so well. They do.
2: It's amazing to watch them together. Um, I was a little nervous about um, coming and being a part of their group during things like um, I help with the Thanksgiving dinner and the Christmas dinner and all those things because I'm not a widow. Um, but these ladies have really knitted together they're they're so loving to each other mm-hmm. and they're loving to to those around them as well i was so welcomed into that mm-hmm. group i was all of my fears were qualms during that yeah. so but we still need help you yeah. know and we we need people to come and partner with us to Absolutely. be able to continue to serve um, the
1: women in all three of the different mm-hmm. categories that we serve. Yeah, one of the things we've talked a lot about this year is that we are definitely in a season of growth at Peace Restored. And because we're in a season of growth, we need to be able to, like you said, have people who want to come alongside of us and partner with us, and whether it's financially or just, you know volunteering, whatever it may be, because without the community support, Peace Restored c- has limitations of what we can do. Because we are a non-for-profit, we rely heavily on that support from our community. And so, you know, hopefully if people are listening to this, they'll get intrigued and they'll want to come learn more about us or reach out to us. But I think it's um, just really interesting and and encouraging to watch people come alongside of the work that we do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If you are interested in learning more about us at Peace Restored, you can go to Mm www.peacerestored.net. That is our website. You will find many different things um, on that website. One of them is just a little bit more about who we are mm-hmm. um, and our mission. And there's also a place there for you to donate if you would like to do that. You can also make a reoccurring donation. There is a box there for you to be able to click for reoccurring donation. We also have lots of events that happen throughout the year. We actually have one coming up in June. If you go to mm-hmm. our website, you'll be able to see that as
1: well. Yeah, so we're excited about the June. It's going to be a golf outing. So go there if you're a golfer and know somebody who likes to golf. Please do that. But then, like you said, throughout the year, we do have other fundraisers that we do, and our website is just a wealth of information. And then if you just do want to contact us or have any additional information that you'd like or just questions you may have, there is a Contact Us page on there as well where you can get on there and just ask your questions and we will get back with you those do come directly to us on staff and we will answer those and get with you as quickly as we can
2: yeah and just remember no matter what time of year no matter
1: who you are there is always a way to be involved yeah and there's always hope that's right yeah well we are just so excited to have this time together um, just to be able to share more about the stories of peace restored what we do with women in our communities and how we're trying to provide a place of hope healing and wholeness for women Um, Just to be able to allow them to know that there is a resource out there, Um, we are excited to be able to have opportunities to partner with people within our communities, and just to be able to continue to get the the word out of what we are doing. So,
2: yes, it's been an honor. Yeah, thank you, thank you.